Fuel is the official podcast of the 434th Air Refueling Wing. Join us for airman connections, leadership insights, mentorship, and happenings mixed with some fun and humor. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any person or business is ever intended. Welcome to a special edition of Fuel Podcast. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Nathan Parks. And as always in here in the room, well, I guess not always, Blocker was in here with me last time, but uh, he's back from vacation. We thought he'd never come back, but uh, uh, Sergeant Josh the Dream Weaver is in here with me. Well, I'll tell you what, you go to you go to Florida and you can, uh, yeah. you know, it's a, hey, time to come back real quick. Yeah. So the, kid, the kids like Florida, but I'm not, uh, I'm not about the, uh, the humidity down there. Uh, I love the heat. But anyways, special edition of the podcast. Uh, this is a paranormal uh, edition. There should be some kind of spooky music, which maybe you can put that in I there. I think I could probably I could yeah. work something in. So listen, we came up with this idea and uh, it per, for pure entertainment uh, purposes, and it did not disappoint. Uh, there is some crazy crap. Like, you got to stay tuned. This thing takes some twists that... None of us were expecting, freaked us all out. Blocker's thinking about getting a job in a different building because he thinks this one's haunted now. Some crazy stuff. We're also gonna try to do the video of it uh, and post a video somewhere. So uh, stay tuned, set back, grab a beverage or something and, and be entertained uh, by this edition, a Halloween edition of Paranormal Activity at Grissom. Okay, uh, with us today, very special guest, uh, retiree, a guy that spent some time here at at Grissom, uh, Craig Perchowski. Uh, welcome to the Fuel Podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Chief. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about you. So, uh, retired last year, is that correct? Retired last year, September. Yeah, and what where'd you retire from? Uh, maintenance training. Okay, so maintenance training. Then kind of give us a brief synopsis of your career here. We're, we're all just in uh, time. Okay, from here... Um, I got here in 93 as a reservist, and when active duty shut down, I uh, went to the 74th and became an ART in 96, and then... Did you do training then, too, in the 90, or in the 74th? In the 70, 74th, I did uh, keep track of the air crew training. Okay. So, uh, you were SARM or was, a One was, Charlie? Was, yeah, it was One Charlie, Air Force Operations Resource Management right. Specialist yeah, yeah. was what it was. I did that, too, at one point. Did you? Yeah. yeah that was, Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So you you uh, got stuck with all the additional duty stuff because you were the guy that was there every day. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I'm very familiar. Very familiar. Pretty much. Yeah. Worked with uh, Beth Konitska. You, okay. You knew her? Yep. Uh, Chief Edgerly. Did you, did you know I didn't Chief know, Edgerly? No. Okay. No. Uh, he actually hired me in as, as a reservist. Uh in 99, 98, I transferred over to um, uh, flight scheduling. Okay. Um, and then about a year after that, I went into command post. Okay. And spent 16 years in command post. All right. Um, I did just the standard controllers, mm-hmm. um, sitting on the, on the desk and answering phone calls and yeah. Running checklists, and then uh, I became a, a training specialist for the air crew, te- uh, teaching them that kind of stuff. And then uh, 
in 2016, I transferred over to maintenance training and spent the rest of the year, years there. So, so you from Indiana? I'm from South Bend originally. South Bend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you Notre Dame fan? Of course. Yeah. Who is that's, it? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I guess. No one can John. see this because it's a podcast, but I'm raising my hand. You're raising Yeah. You're not. <laughs> Boiler so, up. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so family, you had family around here? Or? Uh, got uh, got one of my brothers down here mm-hmm. uh, and his, his family. Uh, most of my family still lives in South Bend. Spouse, kids? Uh, oh, yeah. My, <laughs> my spouse. <laughs> Don't forget that she'll get mad. I've done that before. Hey, we'll start that. We'll start with spouse. We'll edit this to where you start with that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. My spouse is here, and I've got we've got uh, five kids between us. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a a whole basketball team. That's nice. So awesome. And um, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do? I paint. Okay. I do uh, yard art. It's what, what I do out of uh, half-inch plywood. I create yard art. Oh, nice. Uh, diff- diff- different characters, all kinds of things, especially for Halloween and, and Christmas. Okay. Um, You're about to hit your busy season then. Uh, I've I've hit it about three months ago. Okay. Pe- people, I've been doing the yard art for close to eight years now. And... Um, Every year just seems to get busier and busier. That was actually my reti- part of my retirement plan. I was going to do that yeah. full time. Um, but in the beginning of the year, January through March, there's not a whole lot of business. So, yeah. you know, you got to supplement it. That's right. So that's you, you, I think you, Home Depot in the paint department. Right? Home Depot, which would probably now. be the discount on the paint and everything for the yard art. And so, yeah, well, of course, you find all those all those ones that are mixed wrong, and you're like, I'll take that. Thank you. Honestly, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. I have. <laughs> yeah. So that's a. Uh, I tell my wife, I was like, whatever color you like, uh, first look in the ones that they already have. And then, then go from there. That is true. We do accidentally make mistakes quite often. Yeah, that's right. So. More often than normal. Well. And then, of course, my ghost hunting. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So ghost hunting, that's, uh, is that what you, that's the, the term that you use? Paranormal investigator. Okay. Slash ghost hunter. All right. So is there a license for a paranormal investigator or is it there's just not. a... There's not. Is there's, there courses for that? Um, Ivy Tech had one at one time that was... Really? That was ran. Uh-huh. Uh, IUK has... A group that does it uh-huh. as well so you can find courses around i used to do uh, when i was in the beginning of this i used to do um ghost hunting 101 classes myself i would go to um i would advertise that i'm going to do this at this time at this place and whoever wanted to show up could show up yeah. and usually i i have a pretty good group yeah, up to about 25 people so maybe that's something we could get you to do like on one of the UTAs, like a Saturday night of the UTA where you, would be awesome. you show up out here and maybe we do the, the ghost hunting around the old Grissom uh, complex there uh, on different. I've heard the the old tennis court area over there can be uh, quite frightening from the some of the, the security forces guys and then also the old uh, uh, tower. But, I, ha- I haven't heard about the uh, tennis court, but I, I know about the tower. Yeah. Uh, when I used to, I had a people once i let it out i was i used to be very close hold on on my ghost hunting I and why out. is that I did, because of the the negative portion of it people a long time ago used to think ghost hunting as 
someone crazy, yeah. you know, hearing voices or, you yeah. know, sitting in the it's dark. The same thing I get about being command chief. Well, yeah. So it's like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you hear voices and stuff like that. Yeah. Same yeah. Same path. Right. I don't tell people. But it's amazing. Once you open up that you're open to this, mm-hmm. you just have a flood of people coming in telling you, telling you their stories. Yeah. You know, you would never think that your coworker has this paranormal story. Yeah. Uh, you know, until you say, Hey, I'm a paranormal investigator or I do ghost hunting. Yeah. I had a truck when, when I came out of the closet, so to speak with this, <laughs> I had a black truck and on the back of it, I had my Miami County paranormal society, which most people know you by, because when I talked about this, how doing this podcast, they were like, you should find the guy that had the paranormal truck that was out here. Exactly. I'm like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, it's so funny because I've had so many people. Uh, honk at me on 31 mm-hmm. or people waving at me at the, at the, <laughs> because of my truck, because they recognize my truck. Yeah. And so it's, it's just kind of funny. And um, every time I went through the gate, it seemed one of the security forces guys would stop me and, you know, would chat with me for a minute about, Oh, you know, last night, so-and-so saw lights in the old tower. Yeah. I know that guy because I talked to him. So <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get into those in a second. So, right. um, but uh, you know, it, there's. I think part of your reason why you you did this was because you worked in command post, and so you st- spent a lot of time in the dark uh, over there. And, and we'll talk about command post stories there in a minute. But um, a lot of times, you know, Josh, Colts fan, grows up Colts fan, you know, and, and it just that's he does it. You know, family time, watching football, stuff like that. He. He draws into that. Right. What's the event that triggered you to this? Well, uh, my father was a funeral director. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is a plot thickens. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a funeral director a few years before I was born. Mm-hmm. And we've lived in a uh, funeral home Yeah. for a short time. And I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember seeing shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but when we moved out of there, um, different things, different events throughout my life were just kind of, you know, seeing things out of the the corner of your eye, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. They just say, "Eh, it was just a, you know, I don't know, just. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm tired. I'm stressed or something. But, you know, if you pay attention some of it is repeating um shadows on you my father passed away last year uh, and so did my brother my brother passed away this year sorry to hear that um thank you um but i just had a reading from a from a good friend of mine who is a um medium Mm -hmm. and i keep i kept seeing shadows out of the corner of my eyes or or a light would flicker you know that normally doesn't flicker Mm -hmm. And it'd be kind of on a, a routine basis. And I'm wondering, is that my father trying to show his presence to, to me that he's still around? Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, yes, she, she confirmed that. Yes. You know, he is letting he, you know that he's around. So, so this is, um, again, we talked about this a little bit before we got started is, 
you know, uh, I try to ask the questions on here that I think that that people want to ask. And, and mm-hmm. so and we talked about having a good sense of humor. Right. And, right. and uh, I was listening to a podcast this morning on paranormal. And, and that's what the guy said is, is you got to have a great sense of humor to do this. And you you added you also have to have patience. A lot of patience. But, but what is how would you explain that to someone that's like, yeah, I, I get it. All those things you're saying you believe to be true, but how do I know you're not just a guy with a lot of, you know, gadgets that has a really good imagination? Right. I always think, and I'm, I'm a somewhat of a skeptic at heart as well. Mm-hmm. When I go into a place to actually do an investigation, I go in with the, with looking at it like, okay, you know, the water turned on. So, you know, I'm looking for, why did it turn on? Was there too much pressure in the pipes and did it turn on? Um, When I when I think about the paranormal in most people is you never you never believe in something and, and this goes with I think most anything you don't believe it until you see it mm-hmm. and th- and that's kind of what my skepticism is I mean I hear stories I see pictures on the internet just like everybody else does mm-hmm. and I take it with a grain of salt you know I look at it. You know, could it be a reflection? Yes, it could. If you can, um, but if you rule everything else out that could, it could have been, then you're left with something that um, you can't explain. Yeah. So isn't that really just life too? Like, like it's, you know, you, you, me and Josh sitting in this room is we're all going to have the same experience sitting in this room. But then if they grab us when we walk out of here and they say, each of you describe your experience in that room, we're probably going to have three separate you know, the stories, right? That is and so, true. and so then, you know, we can explain away some of it, but the rest of it is just, uh, what it, you know, it, it's just what we believe then to be facts. Mm-hmm. Right. And oh, so, yeah. so th- you're saying that that is, um, that's where you've taken this as you, for you, you're like, Hey, I'm a skeptic. I, I understand that, that, uh, people are going to be skeptic and, and I'm right there with you. So if, if I can explain it away, guess what? If someone calls you out and they say, hey, this light keeps flickering and you walk over and you adjust the bulb and it comes on bright. I mean, or you just walk out and be like, hey, you may want to just tighten your bulb. Yeah. Usually when something like that happens and we do adjustments mm-hmm. with something like that, um, usually I, I just tell them to keep an eye on it. Yeah. You know, it does, again. does it do yeah. it again? Then we'll look farther into it. But yeah. until then, you know, yeah. So I was uh, listening to this podcast this morning and, and, and prepping for this. And, um, the, this guy talked about, uh, some events where he was in a house, he was actually in the poltergeist house and, and, uh, um, uh, a domino dropped from the ceiling and the dominoes were all in the other room, That's odd. you know, and there was him and one other person talking and the guy that he was talking to was, uh, was a skeptic and it's like, I don't believe anything in this house is whatever. And so this domino drops from the ceiling and this guy's like, you set me up, you did it, you know, and freaks out and leaves. Right. And so do you have any experiences like that? Anything where it's like, um, like, like that, that hair raising, like this cannot be explained away. Okay. If you'd like to talk on base, I've got, uh, 
Sure, that's even better. Yeah, bring, bring it. Even better. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we're here for. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I've got, I've got really two stories that are semi-personal. Uh, one story is is my own. I was in command post. Mm-hmm. It's about seven o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our controllers um, <clears throat> had passed away, or had not passed away yet. I should say, she had not passed away, but she was on her deathbed. And we had a dot matrix printer there that she hated. She did not like it. Anytime she had to reload the paper or make adjustments to, you know, the font or whatever, she hated it. And so I was sitting there and suddenly the dot matrix printer just started kind of going crazy. It started to print a couple things and, you know, go forward, go backwards. It, made some really strange things, which it doesn't do. Um, and I later on, I found out at the time that that happened, she had just passed. Mm. So I was, I'm wondering if she came back to let me know that she had passed by messing with the, the printer. So do you believe that what, what, what triggers that, uh, the spirit or, Someone coming back, as you just referred to it as, what triggers that? Are there events that trigger that? Does there have to be a, you know, because when I think about it, it's like, hey, it's a murder or it's a, you know, something that that haunts, right? It's a haunting, but it's not always a a haunting. You you know, you talked about your dad and I don't think your dad's trying to haunt you, right? Or your your brother. I don't don't think so. So so what triggers the spirit to come back? I think just the need to let people know that they're they're around, mm-hmm. um, you know the I, the spirit or the energy. Um, I've watched videos of people passing away, and you see a form go out of their body. You know whether it's true or not. I don't know. I didn't take the video. Mm-hmm. And that's where my skepticism comes in. Yeah, that, that looks pretty cool. If that if that's true, then it's the spirit leaving the body. It's a form of energy. And if if a person is attached to a, a place, you know, this person had lived had worked there for, for years and years and years, and she was still young when she passed. And I, you know, I was good friends with her. And I, I think sometimes they just want to let you know that they're here or they're passing or, you know, that they're thinking of you. You think it ever is, you know, they're completing that one more task that, you know, it's like, Hey, I have this, you know, a lot of times I'm getting ready to leave the house and I'm like, I got this one more thing I want to do right before I leave for, or like today I'm trying to leave early, you know, to go spend time with my family my kids are out of school. And it's like, okay, once I get these things done and if I don't get those things done, then man, it just, it weighs on me to where I'd be better off just to come back and get those things done. And then I can go in peace and spend, you know, do you think sometimes that's it? Is they're just trying to find some peace or? Absolutely. I I think people leave this earth still having things to do Mm -hmm. in their mind. And so they want to, you know, complete them, like you said, before they, they move on. Okay. Now you, you talked about another command post story when we talked to the phone. One of my, when we were in the Alton over building 600. Okay. If anyone knows building 600 where command post sits, there's 
there's two doors, two entrance doors. Those are always locked with the combination locks. At the time, we were uh, sharing the hallway with OSI. OSI was in the, the far down. Which are spooky dudes anyways. There's or spooky, dudes. Yes, yeah, OSI, yeah, you know them. <laughs> they're, kind of, they're kind of like the men in black. That's right, that's right. Of. Uh, but anyways, they normally go home about, you know, five, six, six, six o'clock. And the controller, our, their shifts were 5.45 to 6.15. Anyways, it was two o'clock in the morning. And she was sitting there just, you know, doing her stuff. And she looked up at the monitor. And, you know, there's cameras all down right. the monitor. You know, I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she saw a man standing in the hallway, in the locked hallway, mm-hmm. freaked her out. There's not supposed imagine. to be anybody there. She, yeah. she assumed it was OSI. Uh, so when the it, she turned away and when she turned back, it was this person was gone. She thought, well, maybe it was one of the OSI guys co- coming back, you know, do some work. So she picked up the phone, called OSI, because she wasn't going to go out the locked door to go right down the hallway. Uh, she not, un- not unarmed, anyways. <laughs> not unarmed, no. <laughs> of course, what could you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, what could you do? I don't know. That's where. We'll, that's why you're here. I want to know. <laughs> so good. Anyway, anyway, she called. She called there. There's no answer. And so she called security forces to have them do a welfare check on her. And they came in. They swept the whole building. Couldn't find a soul. Literally. Which, which yeah, ew. yeah. Nice play. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah. So it. It, it, they have her on. They have it on camera. They they don't have it on camera. It didn't show up on camera, but she saw it. Yeah, and she believed. She was like, "Yeah, she saw." I something. know that I saw something. I, yes. All right. What's the uh, what's another grisome experience? You you had a couple of grisome experiences well, here, right? Those were really yeah. My my with the dot matrix printer and then and hers was one, my personal ones. Um, what's what's the uh, What's your favorite one that you've done outside of here? Outside What's your of favorite? Here? Yeah. You know, the most you feel like, hey, I was I was in touch with whatever you want to call it, the spirit world, for the, the paranormal, the however, this was unexplainable. I eliminated all other options. This was it. Well, uh, I've been scratched before. Okay. That was kind of interesting. I was uh, bring it. I want to hear we've it. Done, we've done a, a few buildings in Peru. One being the Elks Club down there on uh, Broadway, and then also the Circus Building on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this trunk back in the museum area, back in the back, that people always said they felt kind of weird about something. Something just wasn't right. Some energy or something. So I went back there and I was doing my. Uh, an EVP session, which is electronic voice phenomena. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing seemed to be going on. It was pretty quiet. So I started to pack up my stuff. And as usual, as I'm walking away, I, I crack a joke. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the joke was, but <clears throat> uh, whoever was there didn't like it because I started feeling a, a burning sensation on my neck. And... Um, I, you know, reached back and man, that kind of hurt. So when we got out to our safe area where everyone hangs out, um, I had a couple people look at my neck and I had three scratches on my neck. 
So do you think, uh, were you able to research that and figure out, you know, hey, this is possibly the person that, you know, never found, never found a reason for it. Yeah. Never, I mean, just a bad joke, Trump. bad dad joke that, that yeah. this, the spirit world did not like. Yeah. Somebody didn't like me joking back there. Yeah. But that, that's one of my favorites. So you talked about EVP. Uh, what is that? Electronic voice phenomena. That okay. is that was started back in, I believe it was World War. It was actually started at the White House mm-hmm. because they used to bug. It was the Russians that used to bug the uh, the offices there, mm-hmm. and um, when they were listening back to to the recordings, they caught voices on these recordings that there were no people or in the office at the time, or they were talking over the people who were in the office at the time. That's where the EVP actually started. Okay. Uh, but there's, there's different levels of EP, uh, EVP for the paranormal um, community. We have, um, <clears throat> there's where you can actually hear the voice. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's, there's no doubt that means no, that person or that entity said, get out. Have you had any of those? My son has had uh, so you, a couple. So this is like your your son's a uh, paranormal investigator also? Yeah, he's kind of followed in, in my footsteps. He mm-hmm. runs uh, Ghouli TV if, uh, on YouTube. So okay. if you look up Ghouli TV on, on YouTube, uh, you'll find it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a couple of them uh, that is... Audible. And then there's uh, ones that you have to kind of enhance. You got to listen to it really good mm-hmm. and to kind of figure out what they're they're doing. And then there's another where you have to do kind of a forensic. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, audit of it to to pull it out. Yeah. So there's different levels. Okay. And what do you, you think the, the EVP, like what? So spirits ghosts whatever you want to call them you believe they can be audible yes but then we talked about earlier i said don't go out there or i wouldn't go out there without being armed so they can be audible but they can't be physical like i I guess they're already dead or well uh based on my scratch i think they can be physical so you mentioned earlier about um seeing people in the tower out here at grissom that's what security forces have told me yeah so have you investigated that at all? I, I have not. I'd love to. Yeah. I, I understand they're tearing that down, though. They're, they've yeah. talked about it. They've talked about it. Have you been by it lately? I, I've been. Nah, they got some, it blocked off. There's some weirdness that goes on, too. With If you just go by and look at that building, mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like, how did, how did that happen? Like some stuff going on with the siding and stuff like that. It's There's some weirdness that, that just by looking at the building. Mm-hmm. But my understanding from from one of the security forces guys was so 1964 was a a, a tragic year around Grissom. Um, you know, of course, you had the the B-58, which I want to talk about uh, later uh, crash that was here. But um, it was also I think 64 was the year that the um, the airman that that was killed by the ejection seat. Over, I believe, in Doc Four. Is it was it two hundred or Doc Four? I thought that I was don't. Two. I don't know exactly, uh, but I know that there's still some uh, remnants of kind of what caused a, a little bit of a fire there, and so some burnt cinch marks and stuff like that. And then my understanding is there's also a uh, individual that that killed himself in the 
uh, in the tower, uh, in, in the, the old tower. And so with those things, uh, you think that generates that, that I, I think so. I think any tra- tragedy, um, would enhance the haunting or the spirits. Um, I mean, if, if I suddenly died and unexpectedly, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't, I don't think my spirit would believe that I'm dead, mm-hmm. that I would be in that realm of unaccepted. You know, I'm not, I'm not accepting my death, so I'm here. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person with the ejection seat, that, uh, from my understanding of that event, he was working in the cockpit and he accidentally hit. Yeah, that's my understanding too. Yeah, and then he, that's happened a few times, not necessarily here, but other bases I know. Right. And so that would surprise me. <laughs> my spirit would probably jump out of my body as well, you know, yeah. at that point. So I think any tragedy would, would cause a, a haunting. So my, the stories that I've heard of the, the old tower is, um, you know, at night, the, the report of seeing someone up there, you know, monitoring the airfield with with uh, lights and uh, also in that that room being lit up up there with seeing the, the one person up there in the room, even to the point where I believe our we've had 911 calls and stuff like that of, of seeing those those individuals up there. Yeah, those are the stories I've heard as well. So how would you how would you investigate that? Well, I would first talk to the people who've seen it to see if there's any specific time of, of night it is. Kind of helps narrow it, narrow it down. Um, I would put cameras up there. I've got a DVR system with four cameras that I could station up there and, and record to see if there's any abnormalities. Mm. Abnormalities. If that's a word. Abnormalities? Yeah, that's yeah, there it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I knew there was a word that was there close somewhere. Enough. Yeah, we're going to give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mispronounced the false time. Don't, don't feel bad. It's just your sauce. Yeah, Anyways. that's right. That's right. Anyways, I'd put the cam- cameras up there to see if there's anything uh, that I can capture on camera. Um, I would, since there shouldn't be any power up there, I would think. I, I would think right now they would have turned off all the power. Mm-hmm. So I would use my uh, my EMF, my e. Uh, the K2 meter is, mm-hmm. is one thing. And then this is a, a mel meter, which does kind of the same thing as this, except for it's uh, a little bit different, f- different frequencies. Uh, that will tell if there's any uh, elect- electromagnetic fields mm-hmm. around um, to see if there's any hot spots where maybe electricity is coming in. Um and I'd obviously take pictures and I'd take my voice recorder up there and um, ask a few questions. You know, who, you know, first of all, is there anybody here that'd like to talk to talk to me? And then... Does anybody answer that? Uh, not specifically that question, yeah. but in some seems, of my seems sessions... Seems like that would be a, like a, just a, you know, like if they wanted to, they would already contact yeah, you, right? It's like, just kind of an opening question. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a de-arming question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and let them know that I always let them know, you know, I'm not here to harm you or do anything to you. Right. I just want to communicate with you. Okay. You know, I want you to let me know that you're here, you know, and don't do me any harm, please. You know, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I just ask general questions 
uh, yes, no questions. And how are those usually answered? Well, there's a couple of different ways. If it's a voice recorder, it's one that there's a couple of different voice recorders. I don't have the most current one that they have where you can actually listen to responses in real time. Um, If you use a regular voice recorder, you just go back and you put your headphones on, you listen to it afterwards. Um, There's also uh, flashlight work that I do. And that's these flashlights that you can get from the BX or uh, I think I got these. Yeah, I think I got these at the BX and at one of the bases you can get at at Walmart. So he's holding up just a a mini mag, like a real small mag light that would fit in your your pocket. It's probably five inches long or so. And you just screw on the it, it the. The on-off is just you screw the end of it on and off. The tip of it, yeah. And ba- basically with these, uh, when you when you set them up, you kind of twist them to where they're either on or off, just barely. So if I turn them to where it's just off, and usually if I can get a, them to stand up, usually I get them to stand up. And I usually use two. I use black, a black one for a no flashlight and a blue one for yes flashlight and then i start asking questions and right. i and i explain to him as i'm setting it up you know this is the black flashlight i'm going to ask you questions you know if the answer is no light this up for mm-hmm. me and the way you light it up the way i feel like they light them up is their energy will make that connection if they touch touch it that's why it's so lightly turned off yeah so if they touch it, it'll go on. If they um, move away from it, it'll turn off. Okay. I've had a lot of success with those. Success with these. Okay. So you can leave that on there because we may use it here in a minute. <laughs> so uh, I'd, I'd say set them both up because I want to. I want to go down a, a path with some events that took place here. Um, so you you go in, you ask these uh, yes no questions. Um, you know, and hopefully what do you want to find out through that? Like, have you ever went out there and you're like, Hey, this person's here. Like what you talked about with, with the command post, like, Hey, you know, uh, is there something here that you left on un, undone? Is there something we can do so that you, you know, don't feel like you're, do you feel like the, the spirit is trapped there until they get those things done or they get convince someone to get that, those things done. In, in that case, I asked, Ask them to speak in the recorder for me, and so I can hear, you know, if there's anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, no questions is, is a little bit harder yeah. to get to a specific point okay. with, or something like that. With um, some hauntings are, <clears throat> well, I guess I should say the different types of hauntings. Mm-hmm. There's there's different levels of hauntings. There's a residual haunting, which is just kind of a, a instant replay of what happened. Okay. And there's an intelligent haunting where they can actually respond to you. Okay. You know, they're, they're not quite sure. I, I don't know if they know that they're dead or or they're just kind of in between. Um, but they can interact with you okay. in, in some form. And that usually takes, I would think, a lot of energy to do. And that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for here is an intelligent haunting. Um, out in Okie Pinocchi, there's, I believe, an intelligent haunting out there. 
I don't know what Okie Pinocchio is. You could have just uh, made that up. You should have done a little more research before we started this. What's that? Go, go, Josh, the dream leader. I don't have all the research. I just know Doug told me about it. Something in, per- in Peru. Some, yes. Uh, I, I read something very small about it, but I'm sure you have a lot more information. Yeah, go ahead. Give me, shoot me the Okie Pinocchio. Is that how you pronounce it? Okie Pinocchio. Yeah. It's out in Mississippi, off, uh, off of 124 east of Peru. Um, it's a little dirt road. You go down. It's about a mile and a half ish, and it ends in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people. Sorry, black flashlight just flashed. So we talking I, about Okie Pinocchio and the, the black light flashlight. You want to move your bike stand, no, Josh? Because no, I don't gotta, want you. I got to be able to see right. the lights. It could, now. Be, like, it could be the vibrations right. of us moving. I'm not touching it. I, I don't right. know. I'm, Stay I'm back. Gonna, Stay I'm, back. All right. Yeah, I'm going to keep my hands off the table. So, so keep talking about Okie Pinocchio. This is we're going down a good path there. There's a couple. Maybe. Okie Pinocchio is is used for horseback riding. Mm-hmm. By, by people out there. But uh, as far as the paranormal, there's a couple different stories. Um, there were in the center of the driveway there where, where it ends, there was uh, 18 skeletons, I think it was 18 skeletons that were found there. And it was, they believe it was from the War of 1812. Okay. There was a, a massacre mm-hmm. down there. And then another story is of a little girl named Stephanie who was lured down there and murdered. And I think I've had some interaction with Stephanie. And the reason why I I say that is because um, one of the people I worked for here wanted to go down, you know, knew about what I do. So she wanted to go down and investigate with me and check it out. Someone from the base here? Somebody from the base, yeah. Okay. One of my commanders. Anyways. Do you, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> no name, no name yeah. drops. No. You can name drop all you want. No, I, guess I have no allegiance to anyone here. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she's retired. Okay. But anyways. And uh, I will sit down also. That's if you're, if you're playing at home, playing along at home. <laughs> anyways, I took her down there and we went down by the water. And we set up, I set up the flashlights and I turned on my, my K2 meter here. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when when this when a spirit touches the K two meter, it changes the, the lights. They go they go up. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so I was kind of looking for Stephanie, hoping she could would communicate with me. And I had that held kind of down at my waist level, right? You know, thinking this is a little girl, so she should be somewhere down there. And she started to answer my questions. She started to move move the lights for me. And, uh, of course, my captain kind of freaked out a little bit. And um, when we, we spent about maybe 10 minutes down there talking to her, and I said, well, okay, Stephanie, we're going to go up the trail here a little bit. Feel free to follow. You mm-hmm. know, keep us company. And the lights stayed on. Yeah, first off, I think that's a bad idea. 
Like, I, I mean, if I'm, I'm like, feel free to stay here and never follow me again. And then I usually take off sprinting faster, faster <laughs> than fast a small child. So <laughs> that's as fast as I would want to go. That's usually what we do at the end. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's end, where we, I would start. I'll just tell you right now. That's where I start. So some people say prayers going in beforehand and right. like prayers going out. Yeah. I just mean, to, the whole time. Yeah. It's me and some prayer. people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But um, we went start up the trail, and about maybe fifty feet into the um, trail, the lights just stopped. Mm -hmm. There was no lights. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Out there in Mississippi, in that area, there there are no power lines or no electrical whatsoever, so that that, that should not be going off. And so I backed up a little bit just to see, you know, what would happen, and the lights came back on. I went forward, it stopped. So I think that she was murdered somewhere close to the center. Um, that the area, center. Uh -huh. yeah. That's a tree. Huh. I knew, so the, the little girl is a thing that I read about. I did not read about the skeletons. Yeah, so... I totally lost track where we were because of that story. It was I a good, it was, set, yeah. I was in it. So yeah, I was, I was right there with it. So I want to, I want to go down this uh, path um, and, and tell you a few stories that when I, when I started looking at this, we, we thought of this, what, back in early September of, Hey, we want to know. And, and actually when I first started this podcast, my, my cousin, Bobby, she, was like, hey, do one on any kind of like, do you have any airplanes that are haunted? Do you have any, you know, sort of hangers or any of that stuff? And and do a podcast on that. And I and by the way, her husband, Jason, was like the only question he wanted uh, me to ask you is, is Bobby possessed? And I said, I don't know if that's really the uh, that's his, his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was it's his wife. But so anyways, it, it's I don't know that you could tell that. And I think the answer is yes. But anyways, the. Uh, um, so we started asking those questions and we'd go around and we'd ask, and I was actually over over by uh, Dean Baldwin today and asking around on on, on some of the, the members over there, hey, have you had anything happen and stuff? And there was one story that continued to kind of uh, come around and, and uh, there were several people that had experienced it. Um, and, and we try to get those people to come on here and because they're still participating members here, they were like, Hey, I don't want to, right. uh, I don't want to go down that, that, that path. I don't, I don't, I don't know if people think I'm crazy. I don't. So, uh, but, uh, I can confirm with several, uh, people that, uh, they've told these stories for years. And so, um, it has to do with the flight line and uh, being out on the flight line and there's a certain area where they set and uh, one of the stories is uh, there was two security forces guys that were out there and it was the middle of the night and um, they were both facing opposite directions. So their cars were parked facing opposite directions and they had their driver's side windows together and they were talking, but they were different directions. And just as you kind of described earlier, as they're talking is uh, they're, you know, looking at each other, kind of looking off. I doubt they were staring deeply at each other in the middle of the night out there, but um, knowing both those individuals, but uh, they see one of them sees a figure walking into the, the headlights um, and so, you know, obviously out on the flight line, you're like, who's out here? So whips head over. And as he does the like the figure darts back out, can't make it out. It's at the end of the headlights, um, kind of described it as a, 
a more of a, a blob, black, black blob blob style. Yeah, like a dark figured, maybe heavily coated or or something. Right. Um, so uh, he says he, he kind of just dismisses it. And he's like, you know what? Just it probably my eyes are playing tricks on me here. Right. So goes back to talking and and a few minutes later, same thing. So he kind of looks over and nothing again. So now he's like, man, am I, am I really seeing this? Like, do I need to investigate this? So he sets back one more time and he says he's talking and everything. And, and all of a sudden he sees it look and he looks over and he says that time, the guy that he's sitting there talking to uh, goes, what are you seeing? And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, what are you seeing? I saw you whip your head. What are you seeing over there? And he said, oh, well, I'm, I'm seeing a figure walk into you know, the, my peripherals. And as soon as I look over there, that figure darts out of my peripherals and I can't see him. And he's like, I'm seeing the same thing. So they're facing opposite directions, but at different times, they're seeing this figure that's coming into their, their light and then, and then back out. And so they, they're like, okay, you know, what do we do here? What do you, and they, they look around, they, they can't seem to find anything. They don't. And so then uh, another time there's a, uh, We've got airplanes up here that have evacuated due to hurricanes and and stuff down south. And and so uh, there's a security forces member that's out there and same thing, sitting there and sees this like black like blob running towards like one of the airplanes. Drives up. Nothing. Goes back to spot, sits, sits there for a little while longer, sees it running to another airplane. Drives up, nothing. Comes back, happens like three or four times. And so guy comes in and he's just like, listen, I got to get off the flight line. Like, I see that thing again, I'm going to fire a shot at it because I, I don't know what it is, but it's there. I, I'm 100% certainty it's there. These two guys hadn't told their story to these, anyone else. And, and so they're like, listen, we believe you because we've seen it. So I started doing some research on it and I was like, you know, I'm a skeptic. Right. And, and, and uh, I'm like, I don't know these guys, like, what are they, you know, what are they, what possibly could it be? And I keep coming back to this December 8th of 1964 and this plane crash that took place. So this plane crash that, that happened out here, you know, is the B-58, the hustler um, that they were doing an exercise like one that we just really just did. They were doing like a Nori. So they were they were checking out their response uh, capabilities and what uh, what they could do. But what they did differently then than, than what anyone does now is uh, they actually had live nukes loaded on their airplanes. So the Speed 58 had five nuclear weapons loaded on the airplane. So they do a quick response, a lot like what we do right now. Um, pilots go running out to their airplanes. The crew goes running out. So this this particular B fifty two or B fifty eight has three crew members on it, one of which is a guy that call sign was Rocky. So Rocky goes running out, gets into his airplane, airplane, they they go to launch the airplane, skids off the runway, catches fire, and Rocky's ejection pod gets out, but parachute never opens, and he ends up perishing right out here on on our runway. Um, they don't know what to do with the airplane because the nuclear weapons didn't actually explode. They just burned. 
So they just buried it all. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. So I started looking at this and and so I started looking at photos from the crash site and, and from the investigation. And I, I've showed, uh, I think I showed you that the other day, but I, I showed the members uh, that that saw this blob. And there's there's one person that's never identified, but is in several photos. And everyone else is wearing like a, a jacket and they're out there at the scene investigating. And there's one person that's in a full-blown snowsuit, hood up, it's dark, it's black, like, and they're never looking at the, the actual wreckage, but they're always standing there. So I, I'm like, is this, you know, when I, when I present this to you, who's a paranormal guy, is this the type of situation you know, you, you've got Rocky who's out there who's still maybe trapped in this, trying to respond to airplanes in that rapid response. The last photo we have of him is him sprinting to an airplane. That sounds like it would be a, a good reason to have a haunting, for sure. And we've, we've got the tower that the lights come on. We got, you know, all, all in the same year, really here. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds like a haunting to me. Sounds like a, a residual haunting, where he's just doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, it's interesting about the pictures. I'd love to see those if, if at all possible. But yeah, they're they're public release. The Indie Star did a, a special on it or did an article on it. Uh, I don't know, 2017 maybe 2018, uh, somewhere in there, and they released about 58 photos, and and, and so I found the same image in several photos. Huh. And but if it's never, you know, it's got the caption, this is so and so investigating the scene and it will talk about one person in there, but it doesn't talk about the separate image that's in the, in the photo. Very interesting. Yeah, I knew I knew about the aircraft and what had happened there. Um, and that's definitely could cause him to continue to be here. You know, just doing that residual thing going on and on and on, never ending. So how do we put Rocky at ease? I don't think a residual haunting like that is is one that you would put at ease. Uh, it could not. It could be that it's not not his actual spirit per se. It could be a an imprint like on a picture or. Um, on film where it just runs over and over again, his spirit could be at rest for all we know. And this could just be an imprint on the area itself of his last actions. So it could be that that image that they see darting off could just be his imprint of him darting to the airplane. Yes. All right. Well, I'll tell you, uh, whether you believe in this or not, uh, I believe it's a it's a very interesting subject, and um, I know that there's a, a lot of people that uh, you may put their mind at rest or mind at ease, and and um, and so I appreciate that, and I appreciate you taking time and coming out here and um, you know bringing your your stuff out here, and uh, I will tell you, I think there would be some interest to maybe doing this on a Saturday night of a UTA. You know, we're approaching December, um, which is when things uh, happened out here. Um, uh, 
And so maybe that's something that we look at as a, a, a tour with you uh, kind of around the, the areas, not on, on base, but out in the, the area right out there and, and see what, uh, what we can come up with. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, Peru and the surrounding area have some pretty interesting haunts as far as, and I think it's pretty active. I've investigated <clears throat> at least a half a dozen homes on Eagles Point here, mm-hmm. which used to be old base housing. Mm-hmm. And in each case, I found something, whether it be a, a voice from beyond or uh, some uh, some EMF that unexplained why it would be there. Um, there's there's always seems to be something in there. So I, I think this base being the way it's been over the years, so active and stuff, I think there's actual activity here. Uh, again, I don't know if it's actual um, hauntings or if it's just um, a residual thing, an imprint, but it just seems like this area has a lot of lot of haunts, a lot of different uh, places that has paranormal interest. Anything in in Eagles Point um, involving children or, or anything? Like that? We we had a call here a while back of uh, some children, sound like children playing, and then some cries for help, and we never could find anything. Uh, we actually responded out, got our security forces responded out, and they actually found some tracks leading out of the creek, but no tracks leading in. Uh, anything that you can recall of of that? I do not recall anything okay. uh, involving children or ghost children. I, I've been to several houses that have children in them, and they get freaked out mm-hmm. because of voices or things moving. You know the the standard uh, haunts, <clears throat> but not of children's voices or. Or anything like that. Okay. Anything else you want to ask, Josh? I don't think I have anything to ask, but if you talk about interest in people doing this, there might be. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I like I to do be, things I in the daylight. Right where the lights are on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, being a ghost hunter is kind of like uh, watching corn grow sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's not like what you see on TV. You know, you see people, mm. you know, freaking out, running or, you know, they, they, yeah, I'm pretty just, sure that's how it would be. Like yeah. if Josh and I went, like that, I'm pretty sure that's what we would see. <laughs> just, just like the podcast here, you know, you're gonna cut and paste some of the stuff in uh, to kind of condense it, and that's what they do on TV to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be sitting there for four hours and only one thing happen. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a lot like hunting. Paranormal, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like hunting. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why it's ghost hunting. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <clears throat> not ghost catching. So no, no camo you know, involved. It, oh, yeah, it, it's not like it is on TV. You know, pe- people get scratched. I get scratched. I've had my coat pulled out at Tillets. Yeah. Um, the one I was listening to this morning, the the they were sitting at a, they went into a house, the Poltergeist house, and they they played uh, Monopoly at the table. And a lady jumped up and kicked her chair back. And she's like, I just felt a child pulling my leg, mm-hmm. like pulling my pant leg. And she was so upset <laughs> that she says it. And everybody's like, you're looking under the table. And while they're looking, she was gone. Like she's got sure, her I'm card left. She's like, I'm out. That's all I needed. I'm now a believer. If I was a skeptic before, I'm now a believer. I, I have heard of people doing that. But yeah. in general, it's it's not like that. Usually you're... 
if you're actually doing an investigation, you're going into a home or a business or a place where you've been asked to come. They've experienced things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you experience the same things. Sometimes you don't. Um, but it's, you know, people think of it as scary. And it's not necessarily scary. The things that are the scariest things are what you imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> uh, just like a Stephen King novel or, you know, a book. You're reading the book. You're imagining it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happens a lot of times. People will sit there in the dark and there's nothing going on so their imagination takes over yeah and though so they start freaking out yeah um that's a there's a um deprivation tank that uh i'm gonna go try and, and it's your weightless the the temp, body temperature the, the air and the water is the same uh temperature but there's no sound and no light and i had a buddy that went and do, did it and the first time he was all right the second time he said he started hallucinating and hearing voices and hearing that, you know, uh, someone calling his name. And then he was like, are they really, am I trapped in here? And they're trying to get me out. And, you know, really started going, going down a path and, and freaking out uh, over the whole thing. I and wanted so, to try one of those. Uh, yeah, so they have them here in town. I, so, I'll have to check them out because yeah. I'd like to try one. I just let me know when you're going because I don't want to be anywhere near it when you're there. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you stirred up a few things. Like uh, there's a couple, a couple things. Uh, I I love how you out here, but uh, I promise I'm probably not going to meet you at dark. Like that's uh, that's the way this is going to go. Well, you, so, know, you never know. Yeah, I, I know. If you if you offered something, you know, I'd I'd probably go uh, just because I, I I don't know. I I like it. I, I, I'm interested. I think it's. Um, to me, it's fun. Uh, and, and no matter where you're at on the spectrum of, you know, how much you believe to, you know, Hey, this is just a bunch of dudes with great imagination to a hundred percent believe in it. Uh, I think there's, there's entertainment in, in it for all of us. Oh, absolutely. It's all who you ghost hunt with. Yeah. I mean, if you're ghost, if you're serious about it and you go out with some serious people, um, it can it can be fun, but if you go out with people who have a good sense of humor, like yeah. I said, good, it, it it can make it fun. You yeah. can still have experiences, yeah. You know, and sometimes you ever just scare the crap out of people, like just for fun, like you get no, out there and no. just uh, scare that. That, that's like, that. that is one thing when I do a ghost hunt yeah. with with somebody. You know, I, I do take it seriously. Yeah. Can you bring me along? I'll scare him. Like, that's all right. <laughs> and that's why you're not allowed to Yeah, go. that's why I'm not here. <laughs> we stayed the night at Waverly Sanitarium down in Kentucky. What, um, on purpose? On purpose. <laughs> yes. All right. I don't know if you ever heard of Waverly. But anyways, um, it was a you, TB hospital yeah. back in 1926. Anyways, <clears throat> one thing that they said is we'll never have somebody come or jump out in front of you. One of our, you know, people scare you on purpose. I feel like they're missing an opportunity at that point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was during the Halloween season. So, oh, yes. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me, but when, when I'm trying to do a, a serious investigation or I'm trying yeah. to teach people how to do the investigation, mm-hmm. I, maybe it's my military background, yeah. but I don't like to, to mess around. I could see that. Like, yeah, I could see that. And I would never do it when yeah. when someone uh, was taking it serious or try to offend someone at that point, you know, or, yeah. or anything like that. But... Um, I, I do enjoy scaring people, which is I, I one too. of my favorite I, pastimes. I do a, uh, a haunted house in my garage okay. for Halloween. All right. 
we're getting ready to set it up for Halloween for trick-or-treating. And yes, that is a great time to scare people. Yeah, I would think that uh, you would know better than anyone how to scare <clears throat> oh, people yes. at that point. <laughs> Josh, what's the scariest moment you've been in? Like any, any paranormal activity for you? Besides this? Yeah. Hmm. I kind of felt like we should have done this podcast with lights out, you know, with the no, two should, flashlights. Just flashlights just the two flashlights. <laughs> the two flashlights um, and, uh, halfway on. Man, did someone tell you about mine? And now you're like, hey, make sure you share it on the podcast. I want to hear it, Josh. Give it to me. <sighs> All right. Um, I think I was, uh, I think it was 17 years old. Uh, there's this place uh, in the town that I actually live in, uh, Daleville. Uh, called the Witches Circle, and apparently, uh, from reading about it, yeah. great name by the way. This is a if great I'm, name, yeah, very I'm scary to start. Up with the name uh, that's that's yeah. the one I want right there. Um, so uh, apparently, like people used to, or they still do. I'm not positive on practice uh, witchcraft back there. It's a cemetery that's back in the woods. Like you have to walk through the woods to get to it. And so you know, me and a few friends, we decided we were going to go back there and uh, some of these people were from out of town so on the way there the road there is called blood road which there's a legend that basically this kid fell out of the truck I'm sure you're hanging out right now i know witch's circle with blood road all right all right, all right. There you go. <laughs> i was 17 <laughs> uh but kid fell out of the truck and i guess uh like had there was rope in the back and it got around his foot so his dad didn't realize it and he's dragging him on the road because he didn't know yeah. he fell out of the truck. So there's what I would imagine is paint on the road, red paint. Supposedly, every time they pave it, that comes to the top of the road mm -hmm. or someone walks outside and puts paint back on the ground, one of the two. Mm -hmm. uh, so you pass that. Well, we stopped there because these people wanted to. And we go back to the witch's circle. And for some reason, I'd been there before. For some reason, uh, I was like, I've got a weird feeling right now. Like, I just don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, guys, because uh, I drove. Hey, wrap it up. We're leaving. I don't want to be here anymore. And we're starting to walk out. We walk down this trail like, to get out of the woods. About the time we're to our car, I hear this super high-pitched, like, screech from the right side of the woods. My heart just sinks. <laughs> How far did you run? Well, not very far. My car was right there, but I got there quick. I got there real quick. It's fast. How fast did you Very fast. It did start. It did start. It did start. So, you know, you get in the car and we leave. And I mean, my heart's just beating so fast. And somehow I let these people talk me into going back there that night. And as we drive past, we get to that. We never actually went to the Witch's Circle. Didn't make it that far. As we're going past that, uh, that blood road, it says, go home on the road. Like right in front of where the red paint was. Now it says go home. So I attempted to listen and I went home. <laughs> Apparently I was very susceptible to peer pressure because we went back out there about uh, an hour later. And as we pull up this time, now it says we said go home. And that's the last I've ever been there. And I'll say about a year ago, I'm driving down the road and I realize... I live a mile from this place now. Oh, man. I had no idea where it was because we would always take a different yeah, yeah. way to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Well, part of the podcast is the surprises. 
Uh, he's going to take you out to Witch's Circle uh, well, tonight <laughs> at midnight. Uh, that uh, will not happen. I've driven I want to conquer this with you, all right? I, not uh, with you. I don't want to be there, but I want you to conquer this. <laughs> I've driven past that road a few times and I've thought about like, what if I just drive down that road and see if that's still on the road? Now, that was at nighttime, right? It was at nighttime. Yeah, uh, have you two, three in the morning? Out there during Absolutely the not. Yeah. I have never been back down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm a mile from it, nope, nope, uh, that's, not, that's a hard pass I for me wait. now. I want to go. I want to go well, now. And I'll tell you, the worst part, the worst part was that that um, that high pitched noise that I heard. Can you so hear it right was, now? I cannot hear it right now. Let's but, turn I mean, the lights. My ears are ringing, but that's that's not the same noise. Yeah. Um, but it was right around Fourth uh, of July, and so when people shoot bottle rockets. It makes that same noise. Yeah. And so that whole 4th of July weekend, week, whatever, uh, every time I heard out. it, I would just like, no, 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 not again. Freak you out, but my K2 just went off. See, now there we go. There we go. <laughs> just went up to yellow. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate glad that. I could, glad I could add. Yeah. Well, you know, this was, uh, let's see, how old am I now? So this was 15 years ago. Yeah. So haven't been it's back time there. to conquer it. Still have PTSD, do you? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, maybe. I don't know. Is that a VA claim? I don't know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it was not yeah. before I was it's in, the, in the military. So, Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in the country. Um, so we were all the time outside. And, you know, and I remember some of the scariest times is just uh, my, my mom saying, hey, the trash is full. And I'm like, but it's nighttime. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, like the trash can be full at night. Right. Like, or, or go feed yeah, the dogs. Had, mm. You know, we had a burn barrel out behind the back of the barn. And so you had to walk it out there and, um, and just being, you know, anytime you're, you're outside and you at night and it's, it was just, you're out in the country, it's pitch dark. And, um, I don't know if you remember, you guys remember a movie, uh, fire in the sky. Yes. So it's about an alien abduction that took place, um, out in the White Mountains in Arizona. And uh, this, it, it's one of those in which um, there's a movie about it. I would recommend if you're into that kind of stuff that you watch the movie. So um, I. I don't, don't, don't be putting so, that thing yeah, close yeah, to yeah. me. So. <laughs> I, uh, when I was, I think a junior in high school, my dad took his hunt or uh, hiking and, and horseback riding up there in the White Mountains. And so. Uh, I had just watched that movie and then we went on a night horseback ride. And so I remember a scene from the movie where he gets abducted and we're on this, you know, horseback ride. And it's, uh, it looks just like that scene, like where he gets abducted from. And then I start getting the chills, like, oh man. Like if someone's horse disappears, like I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Like I'm going to ride this thing wherever it's going. I don't know where, but you know, that was, I remember being freaked out a little bit about that, but I'll tell you as a police officer, um, you know, we'd searched a lot of vacant buildings and a lot of weird things. And a lot of times people would, would be like, you know, Hey, I, I saw a guy standing in the window of this house. And then you're like, okay, well, I guess it's my job to, go in there and look and see if there's anybody in there. And, yeah. And it was like, yeah, it's like, or we can both just agree that maybe you didn't see someone. Like, and I can I drive like, away. Like, like, how, I get, many, how many of those searches did you go in there and, and feel that there was something not quite right? Oh, that I, yeah. They, 
that that happens quite a bit. And and uh, I mean, I can tell you here when we were looking for houses here, we went in a house and um, it's actually not far from where we live now. And uh, I walked in and we walked in the front door and I just said, nope. And the guy's like, what? And I'm like, I had a weird feeling here about this house. Somebody's died in this house or something. I'm out. Yeah. It happened. Same thing in Vegas is the one in Vegas was a little different is um, we got in this room. I was like, man, there's a weird feeling like someone died. I'm like, do you know the story behind this house? Like why it's, it's in a great neighborhood and it was vacant. And I'm like, why is this house fake? Like it feels weird in here. feels like death. And I went to walk out on the back patio and there was, I don't know where they came from, but all of these pigeons all of a sudden are flying right around my head. And I was the first one out. My wife and the real estate agent were behind me. They closed the door. <laughs> run back in. <laughs> and so then, Very nice. oh yeah. So then I'm, you know, running around, slotting things to my head. Uh, but yeah, so there's been a couple times where, you know, you just walk in and you're like, it's just weird. Like, yeah. I, I got a weird feeling right now. I think places can hold energy yeah. in them. I mean, if you, some of the houses, when you go in there and, and like that, you feel creeped out. Yeah. So something happened in that house that, you know, just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Just doesn't feel good. So we, I was, when I left Sunday from work here, so, um, Sunday, we were, it wasn't too late, you know, and six thirty, seven o'clock. And, and so I knew that we were going to be talking about this and, and I was like, you know what? I just, I drove by the old tower and then I got out and I walked over to it. And I'm like, is this place really, yeah, it felt weird. Like it felt weird. And I don't know if it was just because, you know, talking about the stories or what I, I can't tell you. And I don't, I don't know, but it felt weird. And so um, I'd, love, I'd love to investigate a couple of things, places around here. I'd like to go back to 600 and investigate that. I'd love to uh, check out the old tower. Yeah. Um, 671. Um, my wife worked there for a short, short time, uh, just down the hallway from Grand Post. And uh, she always heard things in the hallway. What happened, Josh? It was just yellow. <laughs> Okay. The light, it was, uh, it was flashing like the, uh, not the lowest green, the next one. And then it went to yellow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it seems like every time we talk about Grissom, yeah. the, this things that are happening here is, is we're getting some, uh, the lights coming on the, you know, that, that meter coming on uh, well, those if things. You and, say, if you think about it, 596 here has had seen a lot of activity. This is my, I'd rather you not talk about it. that's the building. I, I work it every night <laughs> and I'm usually here late this was by a, myself. Like this is where I was hired in at. This is where chief Edgley was, uh, oh, so was, you're going to go ahead was, and do it. Go ahead. It was major Johnson who hired me in. Don't tell me he's, is he still with us? Uh, no, he's no longer. Oh, he's right. no longer there, there we go. He, he ended up. Uh, a I don't need to know. Like I really did. Brigadier General. Okay. Is it one or two star? Yeah. But anyways, no, there's been a lot of activity, I think, in here. Oh, I, you're talking about the this activity, the things going crazy about this building. Nuts. It's like, ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. We have the winner. The haunted, most haunted building on this base is this one. I yep, I, I told you something. Something is in this house. Or and then house, it answers. This building. All right. This used to be the old command post too. Command post was here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Command post. Downstairs. This one one big community here when the 45th was here. And I don't know if you know this, but this is Josh's office. So Josh, you, this you know, is not my office. Congratulations. Uh, anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, I'll tell you is, um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know if you can, if the camera could see it. It can probably see it. You can probably see it. It's, it definitely is, as since we've started talking about 596, uh, we're definitely getting some lighting um, issues in. Oh, yeah, you got the, I've got my camera here. So it's that this is all just happened. That thing set the same spot forever, never did anything as soon as we started talking about this building. um, And now it's gone. it, It, it seemed to and now it's gone come on yeah, so. so there's there's this place is active too i'd love to investigate 596 here oh. just to see if there i could catch anything well i'll tell you is uh some sometime when i'm i'm uh, working late i'll, I'll definitely uh, be like hey yeah. i need you out here for, <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> something's going yeah, on yeah they usually call security force we'll call you but i just want to say thanks and um man it, it's been it's been good talking to you good getting to know you and and thanks for for what you do uh thank you for your service I appreciate that and for being a fellow brother in, in service. And, uh, man, if there's anything we can ever do for you, let us know. Well, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. This has uh, been interesting. Yeah. First podcast and all. Well, maybe, maybe it's something that, that you can get a little more into, but thank you so much for doing it. So <laughs> wicked twist. Uh, we'd learned some more stuff even after the cameras were off of uh, how weird this was. A uh, little mixture of CPO and, and public affairs. Uh, man, I tell you, I was not expecting that. Nope. I still have goosebumps. Yeah. Um, and we hope you were entertained and we hope that uh, you take some time over this Halloween and, and spend time with family. Uh, do do what makes uh, or what refreshes you. We look forward to, to seeing you guys in November and uh, happy Halloween.